Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, and he's grown's up. He's grown's up. It's the birthday boy, Matt Story. It is. It is. Yes, yes. 32. <laughs> Big 3-2 on the birthday cake. So, yeah, here we are, as I told you this morning. Happy to spend part of the evening on the Ben and Sportscast. So let me start by noting that your birthday and the World Series kick off at the same time. Dodgers haven't been in 29 years. The Astros have never won, but have been more recently when they were in the National League. How do you feel about the series? Where do you think uh, it's going to go? Yeah, yeah, well, I, I, you know, of course I do. As you're right, I always associate uh, my birthday and the World Series. I believe uh, there was a World Series game on the night I was born October 24, 85, so it is uh, always around that time, and it's fun to have it be game one tonight. Um, I would I would pick the Dodgers, I think. Um, I mean, it's it's not a – it's pretty rare nowadays, I think, to, to feel like one team a huge favorite in the World Series. Um, I, you know, I just don't think – I just don't think that – I don't think that ha- – I think that happens series. And, uh, you know, but I, the Dodgers are playing well. They were the best team all year. They've seemingly gotten back the form they had in, you know, uh, June, July, and August uh, that seemed to fade in September. Um, so I, I'm going to go with them, but not not in such a margin that I think, you know, the Astros have no chance or anything like that. I'm also going to take the Dodgers. I think the Astros are the better story with uh, the hurricane and the team rallying right. and I, but I just think that this is the the Dodgers are built for this. Kershaw's going to get two, maybe three starts if it, you know, and yeah, it's going to be hard to beat him. I know it's going to be a hundred and something tonight in Dodger Stadium for right. the first pitch. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. crazy. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be uh, really hot for both the first two games. So, you know, they. I mean, baseball players have played in heat in you know June, July, and August. So it's it's not a, a totally new thing, but. Very strange, and certainly after last year, where the you know it seemed like the games were all you know cold weather and you know uh, bad conditions, and not no that will not be the case either place this year. I'm gonna go Dodgers in six. I think it's gonna come back to LA, but it won't go the full seven. Yeah, um, I mean, I would probably pick that too, but just for the sake of being different, I'll I'll say five. Um, I'll say maybe they you know they've. They've not been pushed yet in the playoffs. They swept the Diamondbacks. Uh, they, you know, lost one game in Game Four to the Cubs, but that was by a you know one run margin. Um, you know, they just seem to be clicking like the way they were. They get Corey Seager back now after he missed the NLCS. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with them, but uh, it's not a situation where I say oh, I'm picking them in five, and I think you know they're just gonna roll over it. You know, the Astros are good. Verlander obviously is gonna be tough to beat. And that could change the complexion he's been great since he went there but he's been everything they needed yeah I mean I I think that I'm just banking on the fact Verlander is going to pitch game two which I think limits his ability to come back I wouldn't be surprised if Roberts had Kershaw go one four seven or one five and out of the bullpen for seven I could see that I I think more likely that uh, um, the Madison Bumgarner today Said exactly that. Yeah, I mean, they've got the depth, the pitching staff. You know, they obviously they've gotten a lot out of Rich Hill the last couple of years. He probably goes game two, I would assume. They keep the same, you know, rotation they had the first two rounds. Why mess with it? And then you've got Darvish and Alex Wood. You know, Alex Wood, the first, you know, four months of the season was a Cy Young candidate. He faded a little, but 
Um, you know, you've got the depth that you don't need to push Kershaw to pitch on short rest. And that's where it's run into some of his most problematic outings is when he's had to be pushed. You don't need to do that now. So, I, I you know, unless they're down 2-1 and really feeling like they're desperate. But even then, like, I, I still think you hold him for game five. And then you have him, yeah, potentially available to, you know, come out of the bullpen, kind of pull a Randy Johnson in 2001 and, you know, close out game seven or, or pitch a key part of game seven. You got a great closer, so you might not need him to close. But, um you know, that's the other thing with that. they got a great bullpen. Man, that bullpen's been really good this postseason. So, uh, you know, their, their pitching all around appears to be loaded to beat anybody. Yeah, it, it should be fun. I mean, this is probably my favorite time of year as a sports fan. It's this, it is, yeah. It's this or the, the March Madness spring training time. But this you get spring NFL, training. college football, NBA, World Series. Agreed. And you got them all. Yeah, you got, you know, the the uh, end of baseball, the start of basketball and hockey, if you are a hockey guy, um, and, and you know, the, the meat of the football season. I mean, all four sports are in, in high gear. College basketball is right around the corner. So I always love this time of year, too. Uh, you know, you've got, you got something going on in all parts of the sports world. We're going to pivot now to talk about a different part of the sports world. We're going to do a little more on ASU's win at Utah and then a preview of the USC game. But I have no ad or anything to pivot on, so I will just tease that I know I said Pat Richardson would be on during ASU's bye week, and he wasn't, and he wasn't on last week. But I'm telling you that in the next seven days, probably, maybe, he will be on, and we will do a little... (laughs) Cleveland fandom, talk about LeBron, talk about the Browns, you know, post-mortem the Indian season, something like that. So that, right. that, is our, that is our pivot now to talk about ASU. And Matt, you had a chance, you went back and rewatched the Utah game. I, I did as well. Uh, what, are yeah. your, what are your thoughts? It seems like ASU to me had control from start to finish. They did, yeah. I mean, it was uh, as impressive, you know, watching it as it, seemed to be based on the stats and the scoreline uh you know there were a couple of things that were well I mean I hate to pick on one play but there was one play and I think it was in the third order that uh you know receiver got open deep and certainly could have been a you know big play and they overthrew him um you know so you you take that break that that was a play that um, reminded me a little bit of what we've seen in the past but that's gonna happen I mean look I, I don't expect perfection from this defense you're gonna you're going to have mistakes. You just need to try to minimize them. And, um, you know, but again, you have, you know, when you minimize them, sometimes you catch a break on that one mistake you made. That's what happened there. Uh, but yeah, overall a, a very thorough, solid performance. Um, nice to see him force some turnovers. You know, that's something that even against Washington, there really wasn't that, you know, as good as the defensive performance was, we still hadn't been forcing turnovers. We got four in that game. So, yeah, there's not much to complain about based on the last two weeks and a lot to kind of be excited about with the last five weeks of the season ahead. What's crazy to me is looking more at the big picture of the season. The defense wasn't forcing turnovers, but the offense hasn't turned the ball over either. I didn't realize the offense has had, for the season after that game, three fumbles, two of which were Manny being sacked, uh, three interceptions, but two of those came on tip passes, and that's it. That you know they've That's protected it. the ball and really that yeah. you know if you can do that and then the defense tackles well and really yeah you know takes the leap that it appears is 
happening. I mean, once is an anomaly, two's a trend. And if they yeah. can, if they can no. do this against USC, this is going to be stunning because we'll be in the driver's yeah. seat for the sack. <laughs> yeah, we would. I mean, um, you know, the, the feel of this game is night and day from how I expected it to be, um, you know, at the end of September. Uh, I mean, USC, had, you know, had the one loss, but I still felt like they were a team that could get back in and, and contend for the playoff. Um, and, you know, we were two and three and, uh, you know, I think we were both prepared probably to be two and five going into this week. And things change. I mean, you know, this is a great lesson. Uh, and we get it every year, you know, that, you know, we shouldn't just assume that what we're seeing in the moment is what we're going to continue to see. Uh, now you can you can fool yourself into blind optimism that way too, and say, "Oh, things are going to get better when they aren't." Um, but boy, boy, is this a lesson to show you that, like, you know, all the prognostications—it's fun, we do it, uh, and then I, you know, don't ever want to stop doing it. But it doesn't really mean anything because cer- certainly neither one of us expected um, to be here in this fashion. We might have thought we'd be four and three but not the way we got to 4-3, and, and certainly not uh, we were 1-2. and two. I don't think either one of us expected 4-3 by now. No, I mean, it, it's crazy. I, I think that we both underestimated the difficulty of the non-conference, especially San Diego yeah. State. And, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. yeah. And I think no, that, uh, you know, one of the things Haller and Metcalf were talking about on their podcast, and I think it's true, is those games became really good tests to see, like, okay, well, the secondary's not there yet. Here's what we need to work on. Or, wow, we yeah. really are struggling tackling. And, you know, to survive and then come out of the bye week, you know, thriving defensively is... Right, right. You know... It, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, uh, it's just not at all what I think we expected. And, and uh, you know, I said this to you a lot over the weekend when, you know, we were analyzing that game, you know, on the, uh, you know, sitting in the stands at the old Miss game and then driving back, and, uh, you know, it's just, just how amazing it is uh, to think of where we are now compared with where it felt like we were, you know, at halftime of that Texas tech game. Uh, you know, it just, it felt like the season was going to just go all the way down drain. I mean, what were we talking about mid September? We were talking about one seven. We were talking about does Todd Graham get fired before the end of the season. The discussion wasn't even, can Todd Graham save his job? It was, does he make it to the end of the season? Um, and now here we are, you know, five weeks after that, and it's a totally different feeling. And, it, you know, it goes to show you why you shouldn't make rash judgments after two or three games because things can improve. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. And this right now appears to be a year where they have, and, and we're playing like a totally different team than what we saw the first three weeks of the year. I, I am not missing the irony of saying, uh, you know, you don't make rash judgments or do rash things after three games as the Suns fired their head coach after an 0-3 start. But, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. And, and, you know, I mean, it's always tough. It really is because there's, there's a school of thought of, well, you know, boy, if, you, if things are going downhill and you know it, why wait? Um, but, I mean, it, it just, you know, so, so many times in sports when patience is – uh, the course of action and is the one chosen. A lot of times we look back and we say, you know, it's a good thing you stayed patient. Um, a great example we talked about a few weeks ago is Clemson and Daphne. You know, he was he on the chopping block after two or three years, and they stayed patient, and look where they are now. 
Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case with Todd Graham. I hope so. I'm not saying it is or isn't. Um, but, you know, at least for the moment, it certainly feels like, you know, the, the voice is crying out. And I wasn't one of them. You can, you know, you can go back. And I know I said after San Diego State, I remember saying that probably the rest of the season was the epilogue to the book of Todd Graham. He was going to get fired. But I was not one of them saying he should be fired right then. I did not agree with that. Uh, and, and the voices saying that now look kind of foolish for saying it. Yeah, you know, and, and give credit to the coaching staff that was kind of thrown together as it has been the last yeah. few years for Graham each offseason. Um, you know, Billy Napier wanted to be up-tempo, you could tell. He wanted to do things a little differently and go with a little faster pace and mm-hmm. realized the last few weeks, look, we're a ball control team. That's what we are now. We're, we're yeah. zigging while everyone else in the South seems to continue to zag. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it has been a, uh, a, lot of, a lot of groups that have changed the way we felt about them after three games. And, you know, three games is, is a quarter of the season. So, you know, you say, well, should you make judgments off of that? Well, it's easy to because that's a lot of games. I mean, you know, but yet uh, now here we are after seven games and, you know, the offense that felt like they had no consistency has a bit of an identity. The offensive line, which looked like a huge weakness, has turned into at least something that is decent. Uh, the defense, obviously, we talked about that. I mean, things feel a whole lot different than they did a month ago. Um, and so you got to give a lot of credit to a lot of different coaches and players for getting here because it would have been easy to kind of quit on this season. And, you know, uh, it's just, you know, another desperate year. We're going to have a new coach and whatever. Guys have rallied up and they've gotten better. And, and it's, you know, it's great to see. And it's given us something to be excited about here as we get to, you know, week nine of the season, which I didn't expect. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I kind of assume that I would be just all about talking basketball and what Bobby yeah. Hurley's doing and how we just signed our highest rated recruit or not signed, got a commitment, got a Important clarification. Yeah. Got a commitment from our highest rated recruit <laughs> since Harden. Um, we'll see what happens in December with the early signing period and if he actually comes. Yeah. But, you know, instead, we're talking about, you know, ASU runs the table, they win the South. And running oh, the table sure. yeah. is no longer crazy after what happened. No. I mean, look, no. USC, yeah. you know, we've talked about this and other people have talked about this. The hard part of our schedule, the hardest part of our schedule, ends on Saturday night. And then it's yeah. still hard. These are still, you know, as you like to say, these kids are on scholarships too from all these other schools. Sure. But, sure. you know, I think everyone can agree that USC marks the end of the middle third of the season where we thought the big yeah. struggles would be. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I, uh, you know, I did not have us um, going one and two to start the year. Uh, but then I certainly didn't have us going three and one with a chance to go four and one in that middle five. Um that was, you know, not at all what I expected. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of a lot of our discussions that are recorded, you can go back and listen to the tone of them after San Diego State, after Texas Tech, and we were both talking one and seven. Um, obviously, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised you're wrong there. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get another one. And, uh, and then you're right. Yeah, I mean, then it, it becomes a situation where after that, if we can beat SC, then we have to handle expectations of, well, okay, you know, now you've beaten all these teams. Now you got to, you know, finish it out and win the South, which would be a totally different feel to how this season began. 
I'd like to briefly drop an editor's note in here. Matt and I had a perfectly quiet, calm conversation, but I felt like Archie's howling wasn't heard enough, so I dubbed it in later. So Matt didn't hear any of it, and now we're just going to go back into the podcast. So Matt, uh, I think that... You know, you're right. This is you know, this is kind of out of left field. I think anyone who says they expected this is lying. Uh, yeah. Or psychic. Either way, uh, talk talk <laughs> yeah, to that person. Yeah. Find out more information. But right. You know, right. Yeah, we, you got to be the most optimistic fan, uh, you know, around. And I think both of us are pretty optimistic, realistic. But you know, we don't want things to go bad. We're not, uh, you know, always prepared for disaster. I mean, I think um, seven and five was the optimistic fan when we both said seven and five. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I will tell you. I don't know if I said this to you, but I know at the bye week, even after we'd beaten Oregon, but we lost to Stanford. I mean, I I thought it. Maybe I said it to you. I even thought, well, you know, we're not winning the Pac-12. You know, that's going to be out the window by you know two or three weeks from now. Um, and you start thinking, can you get to six wins, seven wins? Well, now, I mean, the, the Pac-12 doesn't – it doesn't seem um, crazy to think that we can. Why not? You know, USC is not – part of it is USC is not the team that I thought many other people thought. But we're better than I thought. So, you know, I'll, I'll take both of those breaks. And, you know, we got a chance with them coming to town to assert our place at the top, hopefully. See, I, I think USC presents an interesting – and to pivot to talking about that game, an interesting test for us because they they are methodical. They control the ball, and they've they've played mm-hmm. poorly. They've gotten blown out last week and have you know more losses now than most people thought they'd have at this point yeah. in the season. But still, they are talented. They have the athletes. They oh, are. Sure. Th- this will be a bigger test, I think. Than everyone but Washington, and with Washington, I think we were the beneficiary of coming off the bye, and yeah, of yeah. really coming out of nowhere. I mean, you no one expected us to play that great against no. Washington, and even Utah no. was like, "All right, well, you did it once. Can you do it again?" Right? Can you do it again? And and yeah, you know, we uh, what I just said. It, all, it almost kind of starts now this week. I mean, we're the we're the Vegas line underdog, but not like we've been. Uh, we're three point underdogs compared to 17, 15, whatever, um, you know, so, so, and you know, there's going to be a lot of people here. I'm one that believes we can win this game. And, and now that's a different feel to thinking, you know, well, see, I mean, it's going to be a different feel for me being in the stadium, the Oregon game, the Washington game, we're both like, eh, maybe we got a shot. Let's see. But yeah, you know, now it's going to be, I'm going to sit there, watch the game as a fan and think. We should win in this game. Why aren't we? You know, what, what are we doing wrong? And, and that's different. Um, and it's different for players, too. So it will be interesting to see how that affects the way we play because it's going to be a different um, approach to the game than what we've had the last few weeks. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, the team that's obviously the master of this is the Patriots, but Graham needs to just get them to keep believing that they are yes. the they are the ones who it's – you know, stacked against and nobody believes in them and, you know, definitely hang on the uh, bulletin board, the preseason media poll that said, we're finishing fifth. USC is going to run away with the, the South and and say, look, you're, you're still at, you just blew out Utah on the road after beating the number five team in the country. And you're still an underdog on your home field. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that, that, that's very true. You could still play that angle for this week. 
if you win this week, then that angle becomes even harder to play, you know, but that's a good thing. I mean, you winning games, you know, makes that where, you know, people aren't going to be picking against you and, and talking bad about you because you're winning. That's great. Uh, but then you have to be able to handle that and we'll see, you know, um, but th- again, that's a good problem to have. It's not a problem. I think either one of us expected to be talking about at this point of the season or at any point of the season was you know how does this team handle success um we'll see uh how they handle it but I, yeah i think we can win this game i've i've said this uh to you i know off the record um watched a lot of uc and i just haven't been impressed i've wanted to be i've wanted to see good out of them it's not a situation where i want to talk myself into them being bad i've i've been this you know believer they're going to figure it out and I texted you during the Washington game when they were down to Utah, and I said I'm I'm losing faith that they're going to figure it out. And they they ended up winning that game, but then they got blown out by Notre Dame. And I'm just I just am I'm, I'm out of faith that all of a sudden this team is going to you know hit the the switch that they did last year. I don't know that they have the switch to flip. That being said, I I still am not going to pick ASU to win. I think that yeah. I am still in the mentality of. Show me again. Prove it Prove it one oh, more yeah. time. And and then I'll believe in you when the schedule gets lighter. But I'm going to take USC at the point spread margin, 27-24. All right. Well, I think that would make the first time this year that we're picking the opposite result because I um, I, I agree with you in the sense that I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, waving the flag for ASU and saying, oh, we, we got this thing. It's, it's more – a little bit of a function of ASU, obviously playing better than I expected, but it's more a function of, I just, like I told you, I've lost some faith in USC. I'm not seeing, they've played eight games, they've played one good one, and so the sample size is enough to me to tell me it's not going to happen, and so I'm, I'm going to pick us, and I'm going to pick us um, uh, 28 to 17. So, a, a two-score win. You're, you think that yeah. this game will be... Yeah. Over going into the fourth quarter? No, not over. No, I mean, it, you know, I don't think it'll be like Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame was up on them by four touchdowns. Our offense right now doesn't appear to be geared for, you know, explosive. We're going to put up a ton of points. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're keeping the game a little slower. We're trying to grind out some longer drives, which I like. I think that's a good approach with the, with the thin defense. It's proved to help us. So, I, no, I don't think so. I just um, – maybe I'll be wrong. Look, I, you know, it's possible that maybe USC will find that extra gear, but they haven't had it. And I feel like um, the pressure of, of, you know, the attention has maybe gotten to them. They haven't handled it well. Darnold has – I still like Sam Darnold a lot. Boys having turnover problems. I mean, every game it seems like there's two turnovers – and that's another reason I'm glad to see what we did last week because maybe we can take advantage of that, you know, force them into a couple mistakes and get them, get them feeling shaky because it's it's happened this year. It happened last week. Um, they just didn't have it, and and so I think we can do the same thing to them. Yeah, I mean, I I hope you're right. Obviously, that's where my where my heart and my head are. But I'm... you know, I don't know. I mean, I, it's again, I I don't want to act like, uh, you know, I'm overly confident. I'm thinking, you know, oh, this, you know, this is not like, you know, how I felt about New Mexico State or something like that. I'm like, oh, we'll handle this. No problem. 
this is still a very talented team with a quarterback who's really, really good. Um, you know, good, two good running backs, uh, you know, a lot of good players on both sides of the ball, but they just, they just haven't looked anything special to me. And seeing what we've done the last two weeks, I, I guess, I guess what I would say is if you took the, um, you know, you took this team and you put them in a different uniform, would we still, you know, quaken or would we be thinking this team's not that good? I would be thinking that. Because it's USC and they came with a lot of hype, there's still that feeling of, oh, it's USC. But they haven't backed that up. And we're two-thirds of the way into the season now, so when are they going to? That's true. I I will admit that I am looking at the uniform and I am... Sure. You and, know. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it in that. But at the same time, I mean, am I excited to be there because it's USC? A little bit more? Yeah, I am. Because they do carry some weight and you know sam darnold i'm anxious to see him in person uh you know i know the report came out this week oh not expected to go to the draft i'm not sure i believe that but we'll see you know maybe he hangs around for another year um whenever he goes he's likely to be a you know highly regarded draft pick and you know a guy who who will be a star um potentially you know in the nfl i don't know we'll see um got that opportunity so I don't know. You know, I mean, they've got they've got a number of good players, but it just it hasn't translated this year. And I think the other thing about them that's kind of, you know, you mentioned it about us, the bye week and how important that was. They haven't had one and they don't have one. And, and it's you know, they've had injuries from the start of the year and they've not had that chance to catch a breath and reset. And that maybe is, you know, taking its toll on them now as we get into game eight, nine, ten and into the end of the season. I mean, that's, I think, certainly something that Clay Helton's going to have to deal with. Um, I, you know, I don't know. They, they looked terrible last weekend from everything I they read. Did. And I watched it. So I went back and watched that game, too. And, uh, yeah, they just, they just didn't look good. And, and, again, it was a continuation of things that have been happening. It just got exposed more so because of a really good opponent. Uh, you know, being on the road and, you know, things start to snowball on you. Um, but it's not the first time you go back to week one, they trailed Western Michigan for most of that game. And then I thought they righted the ship. They came out, they beat up Stanford. You thought, okay, week one was a blip. No big deal. This team's got it rolling. Well, since then it was an escape against Texas, not a bad Texas team, but not a good Texas team. Um, you know, then it was an ugly win over Cal. Then it was a loss to Washington state, uh, a not overly impressive win over Oregon state. Um, an escape against Utah, and then a blowout. You know, so it's just the, the evidence piles up that that's not what I expected them to be, and what many people expected them to be. Before we go, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the stuff that's going on at ESPN, and and we don't have to talk specifically about this barstool sports van and their yeah. distancing and not distancing themselves from barstool <laughs> sports, and right. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Barstool Sports as far as being a regular no. reader, although I do enjoy the one-bite pizza challenge where he rates pizzas by having you know <laughs> one bite and then he eats many bites. I think that's funny. I just think it's clever. <laughs> I'm easily amused when yeah. I say I'm a child. Um, uh, yes, yes. But I, I think I want to talk just quickly about the broader ESPN. You know, 
they have to be personality driven now because highlights yeah. don't matter. I can go on their I can go on ESPN's website and see the highlights. If I didn't see it on Twitter as a GIF over and over again from some right. fan, um, I don't need to watch SportsCenter to find out what happened anymore because I don't need a local paper and they're not beating the local right. paper. They're significantly behind their own website and you know sure. the competing websites. It's basically live sports and then personalities. Yeah. Do you think that this is a model that that is going to be sustainable? No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a great question. And, and I think, you know, um, I, I mean, it's one of those where, uh, you know, I suppose, you know, you're supposed to say, yes, it is. This is great. Or no, it's awful. I'm not sure. I'm really not. I think it's, uh, you know, as you said, it's just an, an evolution of how things are with the sports media now that uh, things have changed from the way it was when we were kids. And the Sunday night sports center was marquee television, and you watch Sports Center in the morning for highlights of games that happened the night before. You don't need to do that anymore. Um, for a lottery, you mentioned a few that you know others are. You can watch the games yourself. I mean, if you have NBA League Pass or Center Ice, or you know, you you can watch the games. You don't need Sports Center to tell you what happened. Um, those things didn't used to exist. So there's a lot of different things I think that make it that way. Um, the bar stool thing, honestly, I've got to confess, I don't know much about them. What I've seen them, I've not thought they were all that great. I just did this thing about the brand that makes me think, oh, I got to gotta get in on that. Um, but obviously, they do have some popularity. The one thing I would say, I laugh at the notion of, you know, what the statement from ESPN said, that you name a show Barstool Van Talk, but you want to distance yourself from Barstool. I mean, that's just kind of absurd to say. Yeah, and the suggestion that, well, we had creative control over the show. Right. Well, not enough to call it something else. You know, they exactly. could have just yeah. called it Van Talk or something. Yeah, I mean, they wanted the association. It was. I think what they wanted was, they, you know, they wanted their cake and eat it too. They wanted to associate with the brand and get the, the cool kids who liked that brand, but they didn't want the negative part of that brand, and you can't have it that way. I mean, you've got to choose, and I think it was a, a short-sighted decision to say, we're going to bring these guys on, but don't associate with us with anything they do negative. Well, it's not going to work that way. Well, and doesn't that seem to be kind of ESPN's more overarching problem of late? That, yeah. You know, well, we want you to talk and have opinions, but, right. you know, and, it's, and I guess I shouldn't even say of late. I mean, they had Bill Simmons. The point of having Bill Simmons is he gives the right. fan perspective – and it's Boston biased, and he goes on a rant against Goodell, and then they Roger suspend Goodell. him because, yeah. yeah, you know, you can't, you know, they're ESPN's big partner is the NFL, and they spend a lot of money, yeah. and it generates a lot of revenue, and you know, we know we know that because our favorite show in high school was Playmakers, and that went away. <laughs> so, don't say that it wasn't our favorite show. No, it was a guilty was a pleasure show. show. It was a good show. Don't judge us that way. You know, it was, it was yeah, it was entertaining, um, but. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's the hard thing now. I think in general about sports media, it's not just ESPN. You you have to kind of, um, you know, please both sides in some ways. I, I mean, I saw it in my work with the Cardinals. Uh, I thought the media was, you know, the media had to walk on eggshells a little bit in challenging anything about the Cardinals because, quite simply. The Cardinals, and it's not unique to them, it's everybody, they don't need the media anymore. 
they can create their own news. They have their own website. They have their own broadcast group. They have their own Twitter. They, have they their don't own need the Arizona Republic. They do. Exactly. They, I mean, they don't need the Republic. They don't need the TV stations to create news. And so what it does is it makes the media have to kind of tread lightly because if you get too deep, uh, the Cardinals, and again, I, I just use that because I saw it, but it's not unique to them. We'll just say, we don't need you anymore. You're not, you're not here anymore. Uh, you know, or they'll make your life difficult because they don't want to work with you. And I saw it and I'm sure it happens with every team and every athlete, uh, you know, uh, they don't, they don't need the media to tell their story anymore. So it's difficult because it, what it does then is, you know, create strange alliances of, you know, how do you please both sides? How do you have these strong opinion people on your payroll who you want because they're a brand and, you know, as you said, personality driven without upsetting the NFL, the NBA, you know, the, the things that quite honestly keep your network going. Because without the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball and those rights, there is no ESPN. So, you know, it's, it's hard to please both sides, and there's not a good answer of how to do it. Very true. Um, well, that's it. That's, that's what we're doing on Matt's birthday special edition show. Um, yes, we, yes, yes. It was, it was fun. Yes, had a good time. But we will uh, we'll be back. We'll do the USC recap. We'll, we'll get into basketball because the first open uh, exhibition games in two days. Yes, it, it is. Bobby Hurley did land two uh, recruits so far this offseason for next year. And uh, there's a lot of excitement. There's some buzz. So we'll talk about there that. Is. I'm looking but, forward to it. Yeah. But uh, until next time, he's met.